Volume two, chapter seven of the Widow Barnaby by Francis Milton Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter seven Transient Happiness An Accident Leading to the Discovery of an Unknown Talent in Miss Willoughby, and Unexpected Appreciation of It in Colonel Hubert. Some Reflections on the Peculiarities of the Female Mind it must be remembered that all these interesting particulars respecting the affairs of mrs barnaby's heart were perfectly unknown both to agnes and her friends it had indeed been quite as much as the posthumous affection of mrs peters for her brother could achieve to endure with some appearance of civility the advances of his widow towards intimacy but to pursue her with attentions when she seemed desirous of escaping them was quite beyond her strength and courage so rejoicing in the effect without investigating the cause she permitted her to keep herself within the retirement of her own drawing-room without ever seeking the reason of her so doing treacherous as was this interval of calm it was productive of most exquisite happiness to poor agnes while it lasted delightful walks abundance of books lively conversation and a thousand flattering marks of kindness from everybody who came near her formed a wonderful contrast to the vulgar brow-beating of her selfish aunt and even to the best joys of her solitary closet but it was an interval delusive in every way mrs peters had no suspicion that her brother's widow within seven months after his death was on the eve of marriage with a penniless swindler agnes had no suspicion that she was herself desperately in love with colonel hubert or that mr stephenson was desperately in love with her colonel hubert began to think that as he saw agnes constantly with the peters family and no longer saw mrs barnaby at all the connection between them was neither so permanent nor so injurious as he had supposed and therefore that he would act more prudently by letting matters take their course than by any further interference convinced that if frederick did choose a wife for himself instead of permitting his friends to choose for him he would never find a woman more likely to do him honour than miss willoughby there were moreover some other delusions under which he laboured both as to his own feelings and those of others but for the present he was destined like the rest of the party among whom he lived to remain enveloped in a mist of error and misconception poor stephenson more fatally deluded than all of them guessed not that he was standing on a pinnacle of hope from whence he was soon to be dashed a thousand fathom deep into the whirlpool of despair in short preparations for the music party went on very prosperously while Quote, malignant fate sat by and smiled end quote, at all that was to happen before that music party was over mrs peters confessed after a little battling the point with her family that it would be impossible to avoid sending a card of invitation to mrs barnaby and sent it was when as she said herself her virtue was rewarded by receiving through agnes a message in return expressing much regret that a previous engagement must prevent its being accepted on the morning of the day fixed for this party agnes remained in her closet at least one hour beyond the time at which it was now her daily custom to set off for rodney place some little preparation for her evening appearance requiring attention when at length she arrived there she found a note desiring her to sit down and wait for the return of the ladies who after remaining at home till beyond her usual time of coming had all driven to bristol to execute sundry errands of importance on reading this note agnes walked upstairs to the drawing-room which she found uncarpeted in preparation for the music of the evening and a grand pianoforte standing in the middle of it now it so happened that notwithstanding the constant visits of agnes in rodney place and the general love of music which reigned there she had never been asked if she could play or sing and had never by any chance done either 
there are some houses and very pleasant ones too in their way in which music is considered by the family as a sort of property belonging of right to them en portage with professors indeed but with which no one else can interfere at least within their precincts without manifest impertinence the house of mrs peters was one of these james who as we have seen was an exceedingly amiable young man never did anything from morning to night if he could help it but practise on the violoncello and sing duets with his sister lucy miss peters was the only one who shared not in the talent or the monopoly for elizabeth played the harp and lucy sang and accompanied herself on the piano during by far the greater part of every day agnes was delighted by their performance and though she longed once more to touch the keys herself and perhaps to hear her own sweet voice again she had never found courage sufficient to enable her to ask permission to do so when therefore she found herself perfectly alone with a tempting instrument before her and a large collection of music placed beside it she eagerly applied her hand to try if it were open it yielded to her touch and in a moment her hands were running over the keys with that species of ecstasy which a young enthusiast in the science always feels after having been long deprived of the use of an instrument agnes played correctly and with great taste and feeling but she could by no means compete with lucy peters as an accomplished pianist she had enjoyed neither equal practice nor equal instruction but there was one branch of the gay science in which she excelled her far beyond the reach of comparison for agnes had a voice but rarely equalled in any country of the pre-eminence of her power she was herself profoundly ignorant and if she preferred hearing her own glorious notes to those of any other voice which had yet reached her she truly believed it was because there was such a very great pleasure in hearing one's self sing an opinion that had been considerably strengthened by her observations on lucy it was with very great delight unquestionably that agnes now listened to the sounds she made the size of the room the absence of the carpet the excellence and the isolation of the instrument were all advantages she had not enjoyed before and her pleasure was almost childish in its ecstasy she let her rich voice run like the larks into wanton playfulness of ornament and felt her own power with equal joy and surprise but when this first outpouring of her youthful spirit was over she more soberly turned to the volumes beside her and hesitating a moment between the gratification of exploring new regions of harmony with an uncertain step and that of going through with all the advantages of her present accessories what had so often enchanted her without them she chose the last and fixing on a volume of handel which had been the chief source from which the old-fashioned but classic taste of mr wilmot had made her master draw her subjects of study she more soberly set about indulging herself with one of his best-loved airs the notes of angels ever bright and fair then swelled gloriously through the unpeopled room and lord remember david followed after this she changed her hand and the sparkling music of comus seemed to make the air glad as she caroled through its delicious melodies amidst all this luxury of sound it is not surprising that the knocker or the bell should give signal either of the return of the family or the approach of some visitor without the fair minstrels being aware of it this in fact occurred and with a result that had she been in the secret would have converted the clear notes of her happy song into inarticulate suspirations of forced breath colonel hubert had promised his friend frederick when they parted at the breakfast-table to join him at rodney place as he had often within the last few days done before for the purpose of joining the party in their usual morning walk 
but frederick had arrived there so early that he had handed mrs peters and her daughters into their carriage when they set off for bristol and then turned from the door in despair of seeing agnes for some hours having sought his friend hubert and missed him he betook himself to a gallop on the downs by way of beguiling the time till two o'clock when he intended to make another attempt to meet her by joining the luncheon party on mrs peters return colonel hubert meanwhile knocked at that lady's door exactly at the moment when the happy performer in the drawing-room was giving full license to her magnificent voice in a passage of which he had never before felt the power and majesty colonel hubert stopped short in the midst of the message he was leaving and the butler who opened the door to him and who by this time knew him as one of the most honoured guests of the mansion stepped back smiling into the hall a sort of invitation for him to enter which he had no inclination to refuse he accordingly stepped in and the door was closed behind him pray who is it that is singing inquired the colonel as soon as the strain ended i think sir it must be miss willoughby for i have let in nobody else since the ladies went replied the man miss willoughby repeated colonel hubert unconsciously miss willoughby impossible i think sir by the sound rejoined the servant that one of the drawing-room doors must be open and if you would please to walk up colonel you might hear it quite plain without disturbing her if colonel hubert had a weakness it was his unbounded love for music though even here he had proved his power of conquering inclination when he thought it right to do so when quite a young man he had been tempted by this passion to give so much time to the study of the violin as to interfere materially with all other pursuits a friend greatly his senior and possessing his highest esteem pointed out to him very strongly the probable effect of this upon his future career the next time the beloved professor arrived to give colonel hubert a lesson he made him a present of his violin and gave up the pursuit for ever but not the love for it that nature had implanted beyond the power of will to eradicate in short this invitation from mrs peters butler was too tempting to be resisted and nodding his approval of it to the man he walked softly up the stairs and found as that sagacious person had foreseen that the door of the back drawing-room was open colonel hubert entered very cautiously for the folding doors between the two apartments were partly open also but he was fortunate enough to glide unseen behind one of its large batons the rising hinges of which were in such a position as to permit him without any danger of being discovered to see as well as hear the unsuspicious agnes poor girl could she have been conscious of this her agitation would have amounted to agony and yet no imaginable combination of circumstances could have been so favourable to the first the dearest the most secret wish of her heart which was that when she lost sight of him which she must soon do as she well believed for ever he might not think her too young too trifling too contemptible ever to recall her to his memory again there was perhaps no great danger of this before but now it could neither be hoped nor feared that colonel hubert should ever forget what he during these short moments heard and saw there is perhaps no beautiful woman who sings well who would not appear to greater advantage if thus furtively looked at and listened to than when performing conscious of the observation of all around her but to agnes this advantage was in the present instance great indeed for never before had he seen her beautiful countenance in the full play of bright intelligence and unrestrained enthusiasm and never had he imagined that she could sing at all she was lovely radiant inspired 
and colonel hubert was in a fair way of forgetting equally that she was the chosen of his friend the niece of mrs barnaby and that he was just twenty years her senior when the house-door was assailed by the footman's authoritative rap and the moment after the ladies voices as they ran up the stairs effectually awakened him to the realities of his situation he now for the first time felt conscious that this situation had been obtained by means not perfectly justifiable and that an apology was certainly called for and must be made he therefore retraced his steps but with less caution through the still open door and meeting mrs peters just as she reached the top of the stairs said in a voice perhaps somewhat less steady than usual will you forgive me mrs peters and plead for my forgiveness elsewhere when i confess to you that i have stolen upstairs and hid myself for at least half an hour in your back drawing-room for the purpose of hearing miss willoughby sing she is herself quite ignorant of this delay and when you pronounce to her my guilt i hope at the same time you will recommend me to mercy miss willoughby singing exclaimed mrs peters surely you must be mistaken colonel hubert agnes never sang in her life agnes singing oh no cried lucy that is quite impossible i assure you and what says the young lady herself replied colonel hubert as agnes came forward to meet her friends but she was assailed with such a clamorous chorus of questions that it was some time before she in the least understood what had happened to the reiterated have you really been singing agnes do you really sing how is it possible we never found out and the like she answered quietly enough i sing a little and i have been trying to amuse myself while waiting for you but when mrs peters laughingly added and do you know my dear that colonel hubert has been listening to you from the back drawing-room all the time all semblance of composure vanished she first coloured violently and then turned deadly pale and totally unable to answer sat down on the nearest chair instinctively to prevent herself from falling but with little or no consciousness of what she was about colonel hubert watched her with an eye which seemed bent upon reading every secret of the heart that so involuntarily betrayed its own agitation but what he saw or thought he saw there seemed infectious for he too lost all presence of mind and quickly approaching her with heightened colour and a voice trembling from irrepressible feeling he said have i offended you forgive me oh forgive me there was a word of eloquence in the look with which she met his eyes innocent unpractised unconscious as it was it raised a tumult in the noble soldier's breast which it cost many a day's hard struggle afterwards to bring to order but nobody saw it nobody guessed it the whole bevy of kind-hearted ladies were filled from the crown to the toe with the hope and belief that frederick stephenson and agnes willoughby were born for each other and they explained all the agitation they now witnessed by saying did any one ever see so shy a creature how foolish you are to be frightened about it agnes and come my dear child get the better of this foolish terror and if you can sing let us have the pleasure of hearing you that's right mamma said lucy laughing make her sing one song before we go down to luncheon it is not at all fair that colonel hubert should be the only person in the secret sing us a song at once there's a dear girl said mrs peters seating herself upon a sofa indeed indeed ma'am i cannot sing replied agnes clasping her hands as if begging for her life upon my word this is a very pretty mystery said mary the gentleman declares that he has been listening to her singing this half-hour and the lady protests that she cannot sing at all permit me mamma to examine the parties face to face 
if i understand you rightly colonel hubert you stated positively that you heard miss willoughby sing will you give me leave to ask you in what sort of manner she sang in a manner miss peters replied colonel hubert endeavouring to recover his composure that i have seldom or never heard equalled in any country she sings most admirably good very good said mary a perfectly clear and decisive evidence and now miss willoughby give me leave to question you if i mistake not you told us about five minutes ago that you possessed not the power of singing in any manner at all not at this moment mary certainly replied agnes rallying and infinitely relieved by perceiving that the overwhelming emotion under which she had very nearly fainted had neither been understood nor even remarked by any one then will you promise said lucy with tant soit peu of new-born rivalry will you promise to sing for us to-night you do not mean at your concert do you lucy replied agnes laughing and why not said lucy colonel hubert declares that you sing admirably colonel hubert is very kind to say so answered agnes while rather more than her usual delicate bloom returned to her cheeks but he would probably change his opinion were he to hear me sing before a large party i am too hungry to battle the point now agnes said mrs peters so let us come down to luncheon but remember my dear if you really can sing if it be only some easy trifling ballad i shall not take it well of you if you refuse for i am sorry to say there is a terrible falling off among our performers i find three excuses sent since i went out and i met miss roberts just now our prima donna after lucy who says she is so hoarse that she doubts if she shall be able to sing a note this was said as the party descended the stairs so that agnes escaped without being obliged to answer at which she greatly rejoiced as refusal or acquiescence seemed alike impossible colonel hubert stopped at the door of the dining-room wished the party good morning and persisted in making his retreat though much urged by mrs peters to join their meal but he was in no mood for it he wanted to be alone he wanted in solitude to question and if possible to understand his own feelings and with one short look at agnes he left them slipped a crown into the hand of the butler who opened the door for him and set off for a long walk over durndham downs taking as it happened exactly the same path as that in which he had met agnes a fortnight before as soon as he was gone another rather clamorous assault was made on agnes upon the subject of her having so long kept her power of singing a secret from them all i cannot forgive you for not having at least told me of it said mary and what was there to tell my dearest mary you that are used to such playing as that of elizabeth and lucy would have had fair cause to laugh at me had i volunteered to amuse you in their stead i don't know how that may be said lucy what colonel hubert talked about was your singing do you think you can sing as well as me it is a difficult question to answer lucy replied agnes with the most ingenuous innocence but perhaps i might one of these days if i were as well instructed as you are well my dear that is confessing something at any rate said lucy slightly colouring i am sure i should be very happy to have you in a duet with me only i suppose you have not been taught to take a second oh yes i think i could sing second replied agnes with great simplicity but i have not been much used to it because in all our duets miss wilmot always took the second part and who is miss wilmot my dear said mrs peters the daughter of the clergyman mamma where agnes was educated replied mary here comes mr stephenson exclaimed mrs peters gaily now agnes you positively must go upstairs again and let us hear what you can do 
i shall be quite delighted for mr stephenson to hear you sing if you really have a voice for i have repeatedly heard him speak with delight of his sister lady stephenson's singing then i am sure that is a reason for never letting him hear mine said agnes who was beginning to feel very restless and longing as ardently for the solitude of her closet in order to take a review of all the events of the morning as colonel hubert for the freedom of the downs but the friends around her were much too kind and much too dear for any whims or wishes of her own to interfere with what they desired and when upon the entrance of frederick they all joined in beseeching her to give them one song she yielded and followed meekly and obediently to the pianoforte she certainly did not sing now as she had done before the fervour the enthusiasm was past yet nevertheless the astonishment and delight of her auditors were unbounded praises and reproaches were blended with the thanks of her female friends who forgetting that they had never invited her performance seemed to think her having so long concealed her talent a positive injury and injustice but in the raptures of frederick stephenson there was no mixture of reproach he seemed wrapped in an ecstasy of admiration and love the exact amount of which was pretty fairly appreciated by every one who listened to him except herself a knavish speech sleeps not so surely in a foolish ear as a passionate rhapsody in one that is indifferent our agnes was by no means dull of apprehension on most occasions but the incapacity she showed for understanding the real meaning of nineteen speeches out of every twenty addressed to her by frederick was remarkable it is probable indeed that indifference alone would hardly have sufficed to constitute a defence so effectual against all the efforts he made to render his feelings both intelligible and acceptable preoccupation of heart and intellect may account for it better but whatever the cause of this insensibility it certainly existed and in such a degree as to render this enforced exhibition and all the vehement praises that followed it most exceedingly irksome a greater proof of this could hardly be given than by her putting a stop to it at last by saying if you really wish me to sing a song to-night my dear mrs peters you must please to let me go now or i think i shall be so hoarse as to make it impossible this little stratagem answered perfectly and at once brought her near to the solitude for which she was pining wish you to sing to-night petite said mrs peters clasping her little hands with delight i rather think i shall i have had the terror of mrs armstrong before my eyes for the last fortnight and i think mary that we have a novelty here that may save us from the faint praise usually accorded by her connoisseurship i imagine we have mamma replied mary who was in every way delighted by the discovery of this unknown talent in her favourite but agnes is right she must really sing no more now you have had no walk to-day agnes have you kindly adding if you like it i will put on my bonnet again and take a stroll with you agnes blushed when she replied no i have not time to walk to-day i must go home now much as she might have done if instead of intending to take a ramble with her thoughts she had been about to enjoy a tete-a-tete promenade with the object of them at least we will walk home with you replied her friend and accordingly the two eldest girls and mr stephenson accompanied her to sion row ungrateful agnes it was with a feeling of joy that made her heart leap that she watched the departure of her kind friends and of him too who would have shed his blood for her with gladness in order that in silence and solitude she might live over again the moments she had passed with hubert moments which in her estimation outweighed in value whole years of life without him dear and precious was her little closet now 
there was nothing within it that ever tempted her aunt to enter her retreat therefore was secure and deeply did she enjoy the conviction that it was so it was not petrarch it was not shakespeare no nor spencer's fairyland in which when fancy free she used to roam for hours of most sweet forgetfulness that now chained her to her solitary chair and kept her wholly unconscious of the narrow walls that hemmed her in but what a world of new and strange thoughts it was amidst which she soon lost herself possibilities conjectures hopes such as had never before entered her head arose within her as with a singular mixture of distinctness of memory and confusion of feeling she lived again through every instant of the period during which colonel hubert had been in her presence and of that more thrilling still as she meditated upon it when she unconsciously had been in his how anxiously she recalled her attitude the careless disorder of her hair and the unmeasured burst of enjoyment to which she had yielded herself how every song she had sung passed in review before her her graces her roulade her childish trials of what she could effect all seemed to rise in judgment against her and her cheeks tingled with the blushes they brought yet in the midst of this perhaps quote, a sense of self-approving power mixed with her busy thought and she felt that she was not sorry he had heard her sing then came the glowing picture of the few short moments that followed the discovery the look that she had seen fixed upon her the voice that trembled as he asked to be forgiven his flushed cheek the agitation yes the agitation of his manner of the stately hubert's manner as he approached as he stood near as he looked at as he spoke to her it was so she knew it she had seen it she had felt it how strange is the constitution of the human mind and how mutually dependent are its faculties and feelings on each other the same girl who was so earthly dull as to be unable to perceive the undisguised adoration of frederick stephenson was now wrapped in a delirium of happiness from having read what probably no other mortal eye could see in the involuntary workings of colonel hubert's features for a few short instants while offering an apology which he could hardly avoid making End of chapter seven